and welcome to Uplifted. My name is Meg Luther Lindholm, and I welcome you on this journey from stories of adversity towards new insights for a better life. Today's step on the journey is called No Pain, No Gain. Every year, I get a letter in the mail telling me what I don't want to hear. It's time for my annual mammogram. My first reaction is always primitive. Ouch! No! Damn! And on the heels of my cursing comes resistance. I wonder, is it really time already? Didn't I just have one a few months ago? Surely there's a mistake. I can put this off for a few months, right? And then that's exactly what I do. Another letter arrives, and then another. It usually isn't until this third reminder that I'm actually overdue for my annual mammogram that I dial the number and schedule my appointment. And then, more often than not, I space it out. I'll look at my calendar the day after the appointment and realize that I missed it. Oh, darn. Well, I know I have to go through with it. Not just because of the statistics about breast cancer— but also because of the experiences I've witnessed with loved ones who have suffered because their breast cancer was not caught early enough to prevent serious illness or death. Approximately 250,000 women are diagnosed with breast cancer every year, and about 42,000 women die of it, which makes it the second leading cause of death for women. Men also get breast cancer, and some die of it, though in far fewer numbers. Women of color are impacted at far higher rates than white women. And sometimes when it seems surgery or radiation has killed the breast cancer, it can come back. One of the really insidious things about breast cancer is how easily it travels through the portals of the lymph nodes to other parts of the body. Breast cancer cells most commonly migrate to the lungs, the brain, the bones, and the liver. And so, eventually, despite all my hemming and hawing, my postponing and forgetting, I make my way to the radiology lab at my local clinic. There, a nurse guides me from a changing room to what I call the Room of Doom. I often wonder how other women get through this trial by fire. I once told my husband that getting a mammogram is how I imagine it might feel to have my breast run over by a car or put into a vice like we used to do with pieces of wood in the woodshop. I grit my teeth as the tech turns the knob that pins my breast to the x-ray table so hard I can hardly breathe and tears spring to my eyes. Then comes the kicker. Don't move, the text says. Oh, right, and where exactly would I go? Maybe for a smoke in the hallway or some primal screen therapy? But honestly, in that moment, I'm not even thinking because I'm focusing all my energy on just breathing. You okay? She asks sweetly. She hesitates while I summon all my strength to weakly answer, yes when I'd rather just yell, take the damn picture and get it over with. And I wonder, are torturers ever so solicitous of their victims? And then the ultimate kicker. Don't breathe, 
she says sweetly, as beads of sweat begin forming on my brow. And then, just when I think I can't hold my breath any longer and the pain from my chest has shot down to my toes, I finally hear the sound of the picture being taken. We go through several more rounds of this until she releases me, and I feel a flood of relief and gratitude for having made it through the ordeal. Have I made it clear how much I hate mammograms? And yet I know they hold the key to potentially prolonging my life. The good news is that since annual data for breast cancer began being compiled in 1930, there's been a lot of progress. For many years, the number of breast cancer deaths was pretty much the same from one year to the next. Then starting in about 1990, the numbers began a rather strong, steady decline. This decline coincides roughly with when the American Cancer Society began recommending annual mammograms for women starting at 40 years of age. The technology for mammograms has also gotten a lot better. Back when I first started getting mammograms, the x-rays were two-dimensional, which made it hard to see clear pictures of dense breast tissue. There were a lot of false positives. I'll never forget my fear after getting a call from the clinic right before Christmas one year. I was told I needed to have a second mammogram because there was a shadowy area in one of the images from my first mammogram. It turned out the image just wasn't clear enough to read. The weeks I had to wait prior to that second test were filled with anxiety. Anxiety that turned out to be groundless. Yes, better to be safe than sorry. But now with 3D technology, false positives are much less common. Because 3D technology provides many more images than 2D technology. And so there has been a decline in the number of false positives and better detection of true positives. There is some debate over how often mammograms are needed. But there's no debate that early detection is the key to successfully recovering from breast cancer. Not that people with more advanced breast cancer can't recover. Many, like my stepmother, do. But for the best chance at a long, healthy life, the pain really is worth the gain. Tig Notaro is a comedian who has spoken about the emotional and physical devastation of invasive breast cancer. Tig found out she had bilateral breast cancer in a year that had already knocked her down. A serious relationship ended, and then her mother tripped, fell, hit her head, and died. It was after all of that that Tig found out she had breast cancer. She knew that she needed to incorporate her experience into her comedy act. I had this thought that went through my head, picturing myself walking out, saying, Good evening. Hello. I have cancer. How are you? Hi. How are you? Is everybody having a good time? I have cancer. How are you? There were so many mixed responses from just stunned silence to uncomfortable laughter to crying. To some degree, I was asking for help, even while I was trying to make light of it. 
when I had a double mastectomy, I didn't have reconstructive surgery and I don't have nipples. And, and it was, you know, it was a struggle getting comfortable with myself. But when I really thought about how it was just my skin growing together with my skin and healing me, why is that uncomfortable or shameful or embarrassing or something to hide? If somebody has a scar on their face, nobody's like, hey, you need to cover that. That's hard to look at. People say things to me now, oh, this is so empowering for women and cancer survivors and absolutely. It's really more about just being human beings. And this is, this is our body and who cares? My name is Tig Notaro and this is my brief but spectacular take on healing through comedy. Thank you for joining me on this step of the uplifted journey. Before I go, I want to leave you with a recommendation for a podcast that I find uplifting. It's called Seizing Freedom. It's personal narratives from primary sources of the struggle to define freedom after 400 years of slavery. Produced by Virginia Public Media and hosted by Dr. Kadada E. Williams. I'm Meg Luther Lindholm. The theme music for Uplifted is composed by Richard Smithson. Please subscribe to Uplifted on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. You can find Uplifted on Facebook and Instagram. And if you like what you hear, I would so appreciate your sharing the episode or the podcast with your circles. Until next time, take care of yourself and each other.